This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 31st of August in your Squiz today. Devastation from Hurricane Ida. A grim COVID milestone. The US troops officially withdraw. And one long, long jet ski ride. This is your Squiz today. Starting in the US this morning, Claire, and a picture is starting to emerge of the destruction caused by Hurricane Ida. At least two people are confirmed dead in the southern state of Louisiana, but the governor there is warning that that number is very likely to increase. Yeah, what they say is that they have a lot of ground to cover still. Of course, things are very difficult to get into. There's a lot of low-lying areas around this part of Louisiana. People are living in the big maze of rivers and the bayos, uh, which make it very difficult to get to. Uh, There are some communities that they haven't had any contact with and they're working very hard to get there and make sure that people are safe. But what they do know is that they're going to have to work very very hard in the coming days, if not weeks, to restore electricity to New Orleans. There's a million homes in that area that have lost power because the transmission lines into the city were knocked over. There is some good news, though, and that is that the system of levees and barriers and pumps and gates that were built uh, after Hurricane Katrina and the devastation there seem to have done their job. And while Hurricane Ida has been downgraded to a tropical storm, the intensity at one point was enough to make the Mississippi River flow backwards for a few moments, Claire. Yeah, it took me a bit to get my head around this. Mm. So like rivers flow to the sea and as Hurricane Ida was coming up the coast, it pushed the water back up the river and made the river flow backwards. What officials say is they don't know how far that went for, but certainly it is very uncommon to make a river the size and the strength of the Mississippi to flow backwards. Mm, Pretty intense. While Hurricane Ida has now been downgraded to a tropical storm, there's still more flooding expected. Search and rescue efforts continue there in some pretty tough conditions. Still in international news, and August 31 is a date we've been marking for a while, officially the end of the US's time in Afghanistan. Of course, the world has been watching the evacuation of people and troops over the last little while. The situation is still extremely tense, Claire, with many waiting to see if the Taliban will allow foreigners and Afghans with visas to other countries to leave, as they have said they will. Yeah, they've told officials from almost 100 countries, including Australia, that foreign nationals and Afghan citizens with visas to enter another country will be able to leave Afghanistan. Lots of cynicism about whether they will actually honour that promise. Mm. And of course, it's one of the many, many questions that people have about what life under the Taliban will be after today, when the US is going to be out of Kabul airport. That is where the last of America's troops are and they haven't given a lot of details on their plans to vacate but that's happening. Reports say Taliban fighters are stationed near the main runway ready to take control. Overall 117,000 people were airlifted out but thousands were left behind. Of course there are big questions ahead on what life will be like for Afghans now as well as how countries will officially deal with the Taliban. 
On to COVID news now, and a grim milestone was reached yesterday with Australia passing 1,000 COVID deaths. This included the first Indigenous person to die, Claire, and has thrown a glaring spotlight on the rate of infection and vaccination amongst Indigenous people. Yeah, it's not a new concern that Indigenous Australians are not vaccinated at the rates that other Australians have been able to muster in the last few weeks and months. But certainly this case from Dubbo, a man in his 50s, he was unvaccinated and had a range of health problems. Officials say that it really does shine a spotlight on the situation in the central west of New South Wales. There's a Delta outbreak there that is continuing to grow and with uh, high numbers of Indigenous people in those communities, it is a worry. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has warned that she expects October to be the worst month in terms of hospitalisations and pressure on the health system. Still a long way to go with this Delta outbreak. In business news now, reporting season continues. For Crown Resorts, Claire, some tough results weren't really surprising considering the year they've had, but a 31% drop in revenue has got to hurt. It does have to hurt. Of course, COVID and the lockdowns uh, have had a big impact on those businesses that uh, need people to come actually to their venues, Uh, places like Crown Resorts, of course, that have uh, casinos across the country, but also big restaurant precincts and other entertainment uh, facilities. They have really seen their revenue drop. Of course, having three big inquiries across three Mm. different parts of the country (laughs) uh, into their suitability to hold a game licence hasn't helped a whole lot. No, can't imagine it would. At the other end of the scale, Andrew Twiggy Forrest's Fortescue medals posted a $14.1 billion profit. Twiggy himself pockets $4 billion of that in dividends. On to sport now, Paralympics highlight for the day. Claire, we're featuring cyclist Darren Hicks. He's got one silver in the bag already, but he's gearing up for his main event. He is. He has already got that silver round his neck, but the individual C2 time trial, which is on this morning at nine o'clock, uh, that is one of his favourite events. And then the road race, which is on Thursday, uh, Hicks says that he is going to his happy place, which is 25 to 27 kilometres of hurt. It's a really great way to spend your days. Uh, His is a rather complicated story. He uh, had an accident in 2014. He was driving a truck and the brakes failed. A couple of people were killed in that accident and he was charged by police. But he was cleared later with the coroner saying that he wasn't to blame for the truck's failure. Uh, Family members of those who died have said um, after that accident that he wasn't to blame. Uh, He has worked through his his grief by getting on the bike and he's done very well at it. He had his leg amputated in that accident. As we stand at day seven of the Games, Australia is seventh on the medal tally with 11 gold, 17 silver and 14 bronze. It's not the Olympics or the Paralympics, but getting your name in the Guinness Book of World Records is still a pretty big deal. And real estate agent Lindsay Warner is nearly there, Claire. He's about to become the first person to jet ski solo around Australia. (laughs) It will see him also uh, clock more than 10,000 kilometres on that jet ski over almost every day of the last five months. Uh, What he says is that he's had to fork out a fair bit in petrol costs. Cost, though. 
$50,000 for fuel alone, he says. I suppose when you follow your dreams, it does cost. But he's been raising awareness for men's mental health as well. And while you might not know the name Frank Oz, you definitely would be familiar with his voice. He's the man behind Yoda, Cookie Monster, Fozzie the Bear, to name just a few. He's given an interview, Claire, on his process and his creative partnership with Jim Henson. He says that it's not just the voice, it's the soul of these creations that he (laughs) has made. And, of course, they're some of the most iconic things, certainly of my childhood, but I think of millions of people's childhood. I love Cookie Monster. I love Grover, I have to (laughs) say. Grover's a favourite. Little blue Grover. And, I mean, the voice of Yoda, it's just iconic. It really does give you a big hit of nostalgia. I'll pop a link to the interview in your episode notes. Squiz the day, Claire, what are you taking a look at today? It's one of those moments where if you're old enough, you can probably say where you were on this day in 1997. It's the anniversary of Diana's death. Oh, yeah, that is one of those moments of world news that really stick with you. You know exactly Mm. where you were when you heard it. The trailer for that new movie on Diana called Spencer came out over the weekend. I gave that a watch, Claire. Yeah, I saw that trailer too. Kristen Stewart just looks incredible. Yeah, she does. I'll pop a link to the trailer in your episode notes. The movie's not due out till November, though. That's all from us. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow. now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.